Welcome to the Vilodon Podcast for Tuesday, August 11th. S&P futures are rallying about 23 points. That's about 70 basis points. The major European indices are up 2% approximately. Once again, there's a very pro-cyclical bias in Europe. So autos, industrials, banks, energy, travel are all very strong. Asia generally finished higher. There were a few pockets of underperformance, including mainland China, Hong Kong traded well, especially the Macau gaming stocks after China eased some of the travel restriction rules concerning Macau. Remember that news was out Monday morning in the US after the Asian close yesterday. So you're seeing uh, the, the Macau gaming stocks trade very well in Hong Kong. Um, just circling back to Europe quickly, um, you know, again, since Friday in the US, we've seen this pro cyclical bias in markets, both in Europe and the US. Um, you are seeing growth underperform a little bit. You are not really seeing a major kind of quote unquote real money rotation, though. Um, you know, we've seen this periodically going back over the last several months. It usually will happen for a couple of days where these beleaguered, out of favor cyclical stocks will spike higher, growth will underperform briefly, and then the prior trend will, will revert and you'll see kind of growth resume its leadership uh, pattern. Unclear if that will take place this time, but for the moment, most people kind of assume this is just more of the same, another periodic um, adjustment of cyclical strength. Um, but again, you're not seeing people really aggressively puke or sell out of tech and then really increase materially their weighting in cyclicals. Um, for the most part, this should be thought of as just kind of a trade. Um, that being said, within the cyclical industrial groups, um, travel leisure stocks have traded extraordinarily well going back again over the last several days. So that includes the US and Europe. Um, you can cite a bunch of different examples. I sent around a piece yesterday on it. Um, you know, you have seen some encouraging fundamental headlines. I think the biggest development in the last 24 hours was the Interactive Corp taking a, a billion dollar stake in MGM. You know, remember Interactive Corp used to be a almost an online incubator company where they would buy a lot of smaller online companies, grow them, and then spin them off. So the fact that they're now buying a billion dollars of stock on the open market, this was not, um, you know, this is not a secondary deal. They just went out in the market, bought a billion dollars of stock in a casino. Um, clearly, that is a, vo a vote of confidence in the space. So I think that's obviously very helpful. You've had earnings from a couple of companies in the U.S. yesterday morning. You had Marriott, Royal Caribbean. This morning in Europe, you had Intercontinental Hotels post numbers. All of them are saying the same thing. They've seen trends improve from the trough levels of April. Um, you know, not really unexpected at all. They're not really kind of guiding above the street by any means. They're still suffering very steep declines for the most part. Um, it's very easy to talk about positive linearity when you had revenue down 90% plus at the peak. But again, the headlines, the sentiment, et cetera, the fact that these stocks are so out of favor, so under-owned, um, you know, it's it's easy enough to kind of um, engineer this type of a rebound rally. So that's what you've seen. Travel leisure in particular, very much in focus the last, um, you know, the last three trading sessions. So just taking a step back and looking at macro news from the US, very boring evening. There's really kind of no major news to talk of. It's very much a lot of the same themes and trends. So a lot of enthusiasm on monetary policy. You have Jackson Hole coming up on the 27th, the 28th of August, and then you have the September meeting on the 16th. Um, you know, if you want to kind of pick out two major headlines from the perspective of U.S. equities that are most important this morning, you had Ball Corp set a fresh all-time record low yield yesterday for a junk bond offering. Again, just showing the type of price action that's occurring in markets where yields continue to fall. Um, you know, at, under under due to massive monetary liquidity. 
And then you had it, San Francisco Fed published a paper yesterday around in the middle of the day advocating for the adoption of an average inflation target. Again, this is widely expected to happen from the FOMC on September 16th, but it's just kind of helping to feed and stoke a lot of the enthusiasm, optimism um, for what's occurring with global monetary policy. And you have seen treasury yields creep higher, but again, the broader theme in yields globally is is obviously them moving lower with bonds rallying. Um, so, you know, from the perspective of U.S. equities, I think those two headlines are just emblematic of a lot of um, the broader thematic trends that are happening in the market on in terms of monetary policy. For fiscal policy, very much more of the same. Markets are very dismissive of the Trump executive orders, appropriately so. Um, most people still assume you will see a compromise reached eventually. Um, there are no indications that talks are resuming imminently between the two sides. Um, so that's kind of where that stands. You know, again, I think that the fact we're coming off a strong earnings season, the fact that we've had a, a bunch of positive economic numbers out of the U.S. last week, and the fact you have those big monetary catalysts on the horizon, I think is all helping markets absorb um, the acrimony in Washington better. You know, if 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 none of those things had taken place, if data was bad, if earnings were bad, if the Fed kind of had signaled that they were done, obviously there'd be more emphasis placed on these fiscal negotiations. But I think all those other factors are are helping the market, like I said, um, stay very calm despite the absence of a fiscal agreement. But most people assume you will see one eventually. Um, you know, no no major earnings. Like I said, you had Intercontinental Hotels. You had a, you had a couple of smaller names out in the U.S. yesterday. Interesting, but really kind of very micro focused. Um, you know, the Simon Property Group results, obviously, a major non essential retail name. Um, you know, very consistent with what we've heard from others, um, you know, in that you had um, poor trends in Q2, but management again talked about kind of positive linearity, improved trends as reopening take, took place. Um, you know, I don't think that's really going to shift uh, the narrative all that dramatically. Um, it's very quiet today in the earnings front, but you have the beginning of the July in earnings season tomorrow with Cisco after the bell. I think the retailers that begin next week, so Walmart and Target report next week, their July in reports, I think those are going to be crucial macro catalysts because they will have seen now about a month and a half of consumers in the US, or rather about a month of consumers in the US without that extra $600 federal benefit. So they will likely kind of provide, I think, very important color about how that's influenced consumer spending in the last month. If you've seen a dramatic drop-off, if it's held relatively steady, um, I think that will kind of be um, the next real big important insight into kind of the state of the domestic economy. Uh, on the COVID front, very minimal news. You had Russia made this vaccine announcement this morning. They claim that they have found a vaccine. They're now administering it to certain people in the country. Um, you know, Russia had been hinting for a couple of weeks that they'd be making this announcement in August. Global health experts are very skeptical that this is a safe, effective solution. So, you know, by no means should anyone kind of come in this morning and say that Russia has cured COVID. Um, you know, I think in the U.S., we're still looking for those phase three numbers from the major candidates, the Moderna, uh, Oxford, Pfizer, and then J&J eventually will go into phase three. Those all should be out, um, you know, later this year, you know, depending on on who you want to listen to. It could be before the election. It's, a very mo- it's most likely after the election. And again, as far as when you're going to see most people in the country be able to um, take that vaccine, assuming they want to take it, you're looking at, you know, the middle of next year and under the best case scenarios. Um, so again, I don't think that Russian news is really all that important. Um, no really important economic numbers today to talk about. 
You have, again, you know, Biden's VP. It's supposed to happen in the next 24 to 36 hours. We'll see. Their campaign is saying apparently midweek, quote unquote. Um, you know, most people assume that is tomorrow. But, um, you know, this has been this is supposed to happen now for a couple of days and, and it keeps on kind of getting pushed out. But Kamala Harris is still thought to widely be the front runner. Um, and then, you know, the the DNC begins next week. Biden will be making his acceptance speech next Thursday. Um, so that is the 20th. Uh, and that is essentially it for today. Like I said, not not really a ton of new news. So I don't think anyone should come in and, and try to look for a headline to justify why stocks are so strong. I think it's a lot of just kind of more of the same. Um, you know, one Trump did make a comment last night about how he's considering a capital gains tax. Again, this gets into a murky area of what he is able to do via executive order. He is incapable of cutting tax rates um, via executive order. That obviously requires congressional action. There is debate about whether or not he can index capital gains to inflation, which would essentially be a cut to the capital gains tax. If that could happen via executive order, it's unclear. Some people will claim it can. Others will claim it can't. Um, you know, I think if he were to try to do that via executive order, again, I think it should be thought more of as kind of just a political action um, rather than a, a genuine shift in tax policy. I think to the extent tax policy is going to be stimulative for the economy, people want to see it actually pass through Congress rather than kind of these murky executive orders. Uh, so that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.